thought I'd take a quick moment in my evening tonight to record an episode on something that has been in my practice at the beginning of this year, since the beginning of this year, and that is on mindfulness. A word we may have heard of quite a few times in different places, thrown around in different articles, or maybe off the tip of the tongue of different therapists, meditation teachers, Buddhists. And it's quite interesting because although it came into, or although it's come into my life many times and I've always heard of the word mindfulness, I never really fully understood it. And it first came to my attention years and years ago when my uh, ex-partner was going through rehabilitation and he said that a practice that they had given him was mindfulness and to just, an example of that was to really bring his attention into the present moment when he'd be under a shower so really notice how the water felt and really be present in that shower and I, I remember him telling me and I thought god that's really weird um and since then it's kind of slipped in and out of my life in different ways and I guess I never really fully understood what it meant to be mindful or totally present in the moment because I didn't know how to practice that. I was never taught how to be fully present in the moment. And so this year, at the beginning of this year, and I think I may have mentioned this now a few times, um, I put out the intention, as I do at the end of every year, to the beginning of every new year, I put out an intention of what I really want to call forward into my life for this year and a lot of that was more time for me to really work on me and it's really come to me in in the most intense ways so I really asked to work on me I think I thought sort of more on the superficial level of things in terms of you know, resting and just doing nice little things for me. But actually, I've been catapulted into the depths of me and ended up doing a retreat called the Bridge Retreat, which is a deep emotional healing retreat. And so really working on me from a very deep place. Uh, And that's kind of been the theme so far this year. And I'll talk about that retreat in a minute. But before I go on, actually, I'm just going to quickly introduce myself Self. So for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, my name is Lana. I am based in London and currently work in nutrition, Reiki, yoga and whole different wellness events, including listening circles, meditations, different workshops. And you can find all my work on my website, lifespacehealing.com. As well as over on Instagram, which you can also find via my website, my Instagram handle is Lunar Oniari, so quite a, well, not an easy one to uh, to get right. So Lunar, like the moon, L-U-N-A-R, and then Oniari, O-N-I-Y-A-R-I. But yeah, you can find it all on my website. And this podcast has now been running for, I'd say, a little bit over a year with my passion to really talk and teach about the things that I feel passionate for and to spread a message or to 
help others to connect, to connect with one another through sharing my stories, my experiences, and hope that it helps you in some way or any way, or maybe not in any way, but just putting it out there. And I feel the more that we share our stories, the more we're able to connect and feel less alone and less weird in our problems and our sufferings and all the, 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 the usual stuff that happens in life, the natural stuff that happens in life that seldom get, get spoken about. And for me, having gone through debilitating anxiety and depression, excuse the noise, if you can hear kids screaming in the background, those are my neighbours outside. Um, but yeah, for years of having gone through debilitating anxiety and depression and, and therapy, um, I found that the most... One of the most incredible things, as well as nutrition and herbal medicine and homeopathy, one of the most incredible things of regaining that vitality in my life, um, that love in my life, that, that desire to, to want to live and, to, and that gratitude to be alive, was having the space held from me to be heard so that I could express any grief that I was holding on to, that I was so unaware I was holding on to. But just being given that space to release, to let go, to grieve, to really go through the depths of what I had gone through in my childhood and growing up, that I'd so quickly kind of shoved to the side of me or to the back of me by going oh whatever it's not a big deal oh whatever it's not a big deal thinking that it was just going to go later on in life realizing that it never really goes it just accumulates and then in comes depression in comes anxiety which is really just a suppression of different feelings um so yeah to 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 have had that space held which for me was by my psychotherapist who I talk about all the time, Donna. She is the facilitator and co-founder of the Bridge Retreat, which is, as I was saying, the emotional healing retreat that is a six-day-long experience. Really highly recommend it for anybody wanting any deep emotional work. It's set in a beautiful um, retreat home, 42 acres in Somerset. You can find all their information on the website, thebridgeretreat.com. But it was really through the help of Donna <clears throat> who created this space for me, that I was able to grieve, to express, to let go, to allow for more room in my life for the things that really nurtured me, that fueled me, that, that, that gave me self-love. And this was a journey unfolding over many, many years. But I knew that every time I saw her, things would shift and things would change and my, my whole life transformed. Um... So this year, no, sorry, I was, we were talking about why I started this podcast, yes. Um, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so, so by recognizing the importance of having that space held to be heard, um, was so huge to me that I started the listening circles, but then also in recognizing the, that when we are vulnerable, when we are open to sharing our stories, only when we feel that it is safe to do so, 
did I recognize how incredibly connecting it is. As we open ourselves up, we find then people come forth and share their stories with us. And then we recognize we're actually not alone. And I think it's so common in today's world and today's society that there's so much talk of positivity and just smile and just be happy and just get on with it and just keep going and you've got to go to work and you've got to do this. And you have to always have your shit together, basically. And there's no room to express feelings and there's no room for sadness and there's no room for anger and there's no room for fears. It's just get on with it, go do it, be happy, be smart. What's wrong with, you know, a lot of or not enough room to really just express all emotions which are totally natural to our human being. We are human beings. We are going through life feeling different emotions and emotions are incredible messengers to us. They tell us exactly what is going on in that present moment how we are feeling in that present moment, where we are at in that present moment. And just acknowledging them can be so simple to be able to then release them. <clears throat> so this podcast, again, this started just uh, as a platform to be able to create that space to share experiences of struggles of pains of sufferings of happiness of celebrations whatever it may be but really just to put out there to everyone that tunes in that whatever you take from any episode you might or might not resonate with but if you do and that's the beauty in witnessing and hearing other stories is that we might find little elements that we really resonate with that bring us that connection to human being, that bring us that connection to one another of what it is to be human, that connection of feeling not alone or lonely in whatever we are going through, that community that authenticity, that vulnerability to be able to say, yeah, I had a shit day today because X, Y, Z and someone else being able to then feel safe to say, me too. Fuck, I feel so relieved, excuse my language, I feel so relieved that I'm able to, that I'm not the only one that is going through that. So this was really the reason I started this podcast. So today I really wanted to go through the topic of mindfulness. So at the beginning of this year, I put in my intentions. I really wanted to work on myself, um, give time to myself. And there's that saying, be careful what you wish for, because when we manifest, we really can call in exactly what we ask for. And maybe I wasn't specific enough in being so superficial and light. It ended up getting really deep and really working on myself. But again, totally necessary. And I'm very glad I went through this journey of, of deep emotional healing. I think it was totally exactly what I needed in this moment in time and has helped me tremendously. So for that, I'm so super grateful. And I think everything unfolds just as it's meant to. 
but as I wanted to spend time with myself, I started to, without really any awareness, I began to use my phone less. And it was just something I decided I really just didn't want to look at it. I felt like it was a distraction. And I spend a lot of time on my phone, whether it's writing things, writing articles, I write them out on my phone or on a laptop or recording podcasts or sending messages, emails, Instagram, everything. And I decided I wanted to stay away from distractions. And that actually came to me when I was traveling. So my partner and I were in Jamaica the island of being so incredibly slow and chilled, very different to London's fast-paced city. I finally felt like I'd come to a place where I felt home. It's a joke that my partner calls me a snail because I am so slow in everything that I do, but I've never understood the rush. I'm very chilled with doing things and I love to take my time and I love to be slow and I've never understood the people around me that are just so rushed the whole time you know who you are if you're listening they're my family and my friends um but it's just I can't do it I really love to take my time I'm a slow eater I'm a slow walker I'm a slow doer I'm super chilled so when I got to Jamaica and they were like just slow down slow down I thought wow hey I'm home (laughs) and it was really a nice opportunity to as there was not enough wi-fi and not very much wi-fi in different places and stuff that we naturally weren't on our phone so much and again also I wanted to be really immersed in the culture and the nature it's such a beautiful island um so fertile the land is so green and so rich and such incredible plant species and fruits and foods and medicines and I was just blown away by the first night we arrived we got to Blue Mountains and met this amazing man called Ricky who took us round the mountains and did us a whole medicine food tour just totally out of the blue so I was in my heaven and I was really taking in the surroundings and enjoyed taking in the surroundings without being on my phone, my phone not really being available to be used anyways. I ended up being a lot more in the present moment. And I noticed the benefits that that had on my general state of being. I just felt so calm and relaxed apart from being, you know, on a beautiful island and on a holiday. I was really able to switch off. And I was so ready to switch off that I was just did not care about the emails that I was getting or the messages that I I just kept telling myself, no one's going to die. It's okay if you don't reply. That's it. (laughs) And I kept telling myself that. And so I just kept coming off my phone and not using it. And I just, yeah, the, the, the general state of being was just so beautiful and peaceful and relaxed. And I felt so well. And I remember at the end of the trip coming back thinking, right, this is exactly how I want to continue to live my life. You know, when I'd get to my phone and I'd realize, you know, people had replied and uh, people had emailed or people had messaged and I hadn't replied, it wasn't the end of the world. Nobody couldn't survive. (laughs) 
you know, sometimes there's that rush of, oh, but I need to email straight away and I need to reply and I need to message this person. I need to call that person. And I was like, well, not much has changed. And so what? I became really selfish with my time. Rightly so. I don't like the word selfish because I think it has such a negative connotation to it, but it's so necessary to take time out for ourselves. We don't do it enough. And it's such a great act of self-love and self-care. Unfortunately, we get it confused with selfishness or it gets confused with selfishness a lot, which is crazy in my mind. So... I came back and continued to try to kind of carry that vibe on of <clears throat> not looking at my phone, not needing to respond straight away, you know, really being fully present in the moment. And that's just, that's the word that I kept putting it down to was just presence. This is what it feels like to be present. And I'd wake up and I wouldn't look at my phone and I'd get up and I'd do my thing and brush my teeth take a shower if I was going to, prepare my breakfast, start my day, I'd go out for a walk in nature and then I'd go to do a yoga class and I'd come back and I'd do all my written work that I needed to do, appointments that I needed to see clients in and then I'd look at my emails. And I started to recognize I actually ended up getting so much more stuff done in my day that I wanted to do and that I needed to do without looking at my phone. But on top of that, I was also able to be fully present in each moment. When I'd walk, I'd be walking, I'd be looking around, I'd be checking out the air, feeling the air on my skin, the sun, the sky, the rain, whatever it was. I'd be looking at the buildings, the people, rather than having my head buried down into my phone. This sounds so silly and simple, but it it really is a problem that I think we're all facing. Not all, but most, you know, this constant distraction of being constantly on our phones. I was able to interact, meet new people, This distraction, this huge, heavy distraction wasn't there. I finally had time, you know, all the time I'd be like, oh, I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. I had plenty of time, plenty of time in the day to do everything I wanted to do and needed to do. And I just, the more the days went by, I just would recognize more and more how much this state of being present and not distracted had such a great had such great benefits to the quality of my living on a day-to-day basis and i just didn't know what to call it for me it was presence being present and then somewhere in around march i was having a really awful um awful argument with my partner that was actually the trigger point for me booking the bridge retreat Uh, so we got engaged in January which was a beautiful thing but it also brought up a lot of fear for me and that's something that I haven't spoken about or shared yet 
because I've still been processing it. But it is an episode that I will get into because it's something that I feel very passionate about. And I feel that I felt so alone in my feelings of fear after being proposed to. And I just thought, God, is there something wrong with me? This For, for everyone else, this seems like the biggest celebration in their lives. But I had a lot of fears come up. I had a lot of, a lot of triggers triggered. And... Um, it was beautiful. It was more than I could have even imagined for a you know a proposal. It was totally in my setting of nature and a waterfall and but at the same time, not but and at the same time, it was scary. It's a whole new change. What does this mean? you know it was. very very scary for me so came back to London and was trying to kind of get grounded and get to grips with things and was being as fully present as possible with all of this stuff and then anyways in March I ended up having a really really awful argument and uh, it brought up a lot of stuff within me and I was really suffering and when I go through stress I end up chain smoking cigarettes which is not my thing. I don't I don't smoke. I used to smoke when I was 17 till 21. Uh, but anyways, by about day five of kind of sitting chain smoking, going through a whole load of crap, not being able to see clients, really switching off, just being in a total mess in my mind and in my body, I realized I got up one morning and I thought, right, that's it. I need to take care of me. I'm not going to have a cigarette. I'm going to go and do a gentle yoga class because yoga brings me into the present moment. So I did that. And then I sat in the studio and try yoga. I had a lovely little seating area in Chelsea. And I sat there and I thought, right, what is it that I'm so trying so hard to run away from by smoking, by sitting there chain smoking, by eating shit. What am I trying to stuff down and what am I trying to run away from? How is that? How are those things serving as a distraction and what are they trying to distract? What am I trying to distract me away from? And I noticed in that moment it was pain I had this great big fear of feeling pain. I didn't want to feel down. I didn't want to feel the pain of what I was going through, which could have potentially been the end of our relationship. And I realized then I was afraid of my own suffering. And so I stood there and I thought to myself, but you've been through this so many times. You have felt so many pains. You have felt so many sufferings. You have had what has felt like your heart broken a million times. And you know what? It only made you stronger. And it only taught you more. But first, we had to surrender to it. And to get there, we've only ever had to surrender to it to be able to then come out into the light. 
So really acknowledging that the suffering is there, acknowledging that the pain is there and allowing it to be, allowing myself to feel. And there I was breaking down into tears. And I thought, right, that's it. I'm sad, I'm afraid, I'm scared, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. And as soon as I acknowledge that, a little bit of pain lifted off my chest. And I thought, right, I'm just going to nurse. I'm going to be that person I need to be for myself to nurture myself, to take care of myself, to hold space for myself, that innate mothering in all of us to take care of myself whilst I go through this period of suffering. And whilst we're in this phase of grieving or feeling the pain, allowing the feelings to be, does not mean that we cannot also enjoy the beauties of life. You know, there were parts of my day where I'd l- laugh and I'd find something that I, that I loved and I'd, you know, be out in nature and my heart would feel happy. And at the same time, I'd feel sad. I'd still have that hurt and that suffering. So two can coexist, two very conflicting things can coexist. And in a lot of Buddhism teaching, it's, it's the awareness that suffering exists as well as the beauty in life. We suffer, but just because we suffer doesn't mean we can't also see the beauty in life. And so funnily enough, I walked over to the bookshelf where they had loads of books and this one book really stood out to me and it was Thich Nhat Hanh's book called The The Heart of Buddha's Teachings. I think that's what it's called. Transforming Suffering into Liberation, into Joy. Something along those lines. (laughs) And I was really drawn to it and I opened the first few pages and it immediately started on the on um, the Buddhist's take on suffering and I was like right this is ex-. It, immediately it gave me comfort and hope and I thought right and I started to read I took that book I bought that book and I started to read it and it's a beautiful book for anybody wanting to read it and so it teaches the heart of Buddhist teachings And it goes very much into suffering, acknowledging suffering, feeling joy, but it also goes into uh, a lot of mindfulness. The very heart of uh, Buddhist teachings is a lot about mindfulness. And I thought, gosh, how relevant is this? And then all of a sudden, finally, I was able to put that word to this practice that I've been doing since the beginning of the year that I was calling presence and being present with Ah, this is what mindfulness is. (laughs) To be fully present in the moment. And sometimes I'd get into bed and my mind would wander and be like, wondering about the future or, you know, worrying about the future. And I'd get that kind of slight anxiety kick in. I've had to pull myself back into the present moment and go, whoa, 
and say this out loud. You know, it worked for me to, it works for me to talk to myself sometimes. Like sometimes I'm my, um, my greatest therapist. I, I sit there and I just say, Lana, whoa, hold on, buddy. What are you doing? Where are you right now? I'm in my bed. And then I bring my attention to everything that I am surrounded by, to what I'm feeling like, to the, the, the temperature, to the sounds in that present moment. So right, I'm in my bed, it's super warm, it's super comfortable, I'm super grateful, I have a shelter over my head, so bringing in a bit of gratitude. Um, I'm here, and now, because that's all we have, here and now, in this present moment. I think that's one of the, that has been one of the greatest tools to really calming my mind lately is just whenever there is panic, whether it's about in an hour's time, two hours time, three days time, and it happens to me all the time. Oh, I have this trip booked in two weeks. Oh God, I really don't want to go. I really don't want to go. Oh gosh. And then it's like, Lana, when that time comes, we may be feeling totally different. We, we will be feeling totally different. We'll be in a totally different space. In our minds, in our body. Every day changes. So where are we right now? Bring the attention back onto that. Right, right now. I'm writing this email because I need to finish this and get this done right now. Preparing myself a meal. And... I'm going to prepare it with love and really get into it and be present with it. So this is a way of, of meditation. It's one form of meditation. In Buddhism, there's two different forms of meditation. I'm not going to get into this now. Um, and within one of the forms of meditation, there's also two kinds. And one of them is the meditation through action, which, you know, let's say through, for what we think our meditation may be, whether that's through cooking or going for a walk or um, riding a motorbike, skateboarding, whatever it may be, a sport activity, Although it is said that to learn meditation without it being in a form of an activity can be a lot more helpful because if we don't have access to that activity, we still have access to meditation. So it's really applying the meditation to whatever we do. And that's just, for me, meditation is really coming into the present moment. And one way we can do that is through breathing. Um, just focused attention. So really focusing our attention on whatever it is that we're doing, taking notice of the textures of things, the clothes on our body, the things we might be holding for creating or making with our hands, how that feels, the temperature of the air, the smells that come in, um, 
how the floor feels underneath our feet. Even in everyday chores, washing dishes, going for a walk to the shops to get to pick something up. Rather than thinking ahead the whole time of, oh, I need to get this, this and that. Or thinking about getting to the destination, really enjoying the journey. You know, a lot of the time when we're constantly thinking of the destination, we get put into this rush mode. We're rushing to try and get somewhere the whole time without really enjoying the ride. So it's just that subtle coming back into the present moment so that we are enjoying every moment that we have. Maybe in that moment we feel sad. Maybe in that moment we feel pain. Maybe in that moment we feel anxiety, confusion, a lostness, and that's okay. Better to acknowledge the feelings that come up in the present moment, which is a really great way, actually, if we do suffer from anxiety, is just to take a moment to check in with ourselves, to find a quiet space and just say, right, how am I feeling right now? Okay, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling confused. That simple acknowledgement, just hearing ourselves out, can be such a great relief. We're not ignoring ourselves. And we all deserve to be heard. And then from that moment we can take action on what it is we want we we you know we want to do. What we could do to nurture. Right, I feel really anxious and scared. Okay. That's it, that might be enough. You might want to put in place some self-nurturing acts. Okay, I feel really anxious tonight. I'd rather not go out. I just want to be with myself and rest. So I'm going to run a bath. I'm going to cook myself a meal and do things, whatever they may be, that fuel you, that make you feel good. Those are ways that we can bring in self-nurturing. Go for a walk, enjoy some nature, whatever that may be to you. Whatever self-fueling activities may be to you and I find it very helpful to always write them down so write down all the things that really fuel you no matter how big or how small write them down and write down all the things that deplete you so all the things that make you feel drained or low on energy or not feel good and just be aware to do less of the things that deplete you and more of the things that really fuel you Aim to do at least five of the things that fuel you every day. This is a great way that we can put in some self-care and self-nurture. But be present to you. Because we are so worthy of being heard. Especially by ourselves. And there's a lot to say of that with negative mind chatter. 
I'm not good enough. Oh, God, you just fucked up. Oh, you just made a minute. Oh, what's wrong with you? You're so stupid. You know, we have these conversations in our head thinking nobody can hear us, but we can. We are our greatest listeners. Every single thing that we tell ourselves in our mind, every single cell in our body is picking up on. So again, bringing our awareness and our attention onto that moment of which we are saying something that may be negative mind chatter can be a moment that we can actually stop in that awareness and say, hang on a moment, no, I'm not an idiot. I did exactly what I could do and that was good and that is good enough. And I'm learning and it's all an experience. You know, walking past the mirror, oh God, you look sick. <laughs> How many men or women do this? I used to all the time. Now I catch myself any time that comes up for me and I go, and I force myself to look in the mirror and I go, I'm beautiful. I look beautiful. With all that I am, stretch marks, spots, frizzy hair. I am beautiful. Got interrupted by a call then. I don't know if that cut for a bit, but simply just really turning that off. But self-love self is another episode I will get into as well because there is a lot that I learned about how we can come into actual self-love. I feel like... Um, it's a question for a lot of people, you know, well, how can I love myself? You just need to love yourself. That can be a very frustrating response. But in order to truly love oneself, we must grieve first. Grieve whatever it is that we are holding on to, aware or, or unaware. We've all, in one way or another, we may have all experienced some sort of loss in our lives natural response to loss is grieving maybe we got taught somewhere along the line to shut that down to shut down those feelings that came with our parents divorce or the time our cat died or um, the times we got bullied in school or that time we broke up with our ex-boyfriends or ex-girlfriends, whatever it may be. Somewhere along the line we may have taught, or we may have been taught, or taught ourselves to shut those feelings down, and so they've accumulated. But really, all of these are losses, losses that deserve to be grieved. And until we grieve, we are unable to truly love ourselves, because it's really peeling back the layers, allowing these losses to be expressed, to grieve them, to express them in order to heal them, to let go and the only way that we can do that is by feeling them so that saying we need to feel to heal so true so yeah that's uh pretty much I, most of what I wanted to say on mindfulness and being present in the moment and a little challenge to take away from this is Tomorrow morning or in the next morning, whenever the next morning arrives for you, um, take a moment rather than to look at your phone as soon as you wake up, 
take a moment to actually get up, do your morning routine. So get up, brush your teeth, take a shower if you do, prepare yourself a nourishing breakfast without looking at your phone. So for the first 20 minutes to half an hour of the day when you wake up, do not look at your phone. Start your morning. And when you get out the house, maybe then look at your phone. <laughs> and just see how that feels. Maybe in the morning you want to take a little meditation. Maybe you just want to get up and sing in the shower and, you know, have a banana or, you know, make your breakfast, whatever it may be. But just do those things without looking at your phone. So we're really ta- giving our bodies a moment to wake up and to enjoy the rituals of waking up without being so heavily distracted by 1 million emails and 10,000 WhatsApps and already flooding the brain. Because how we spend the first 20 minutes of our day really dictates how the rest of our day goes. When we spend it in that mindful and present, nourishing and nurturing way, think about how the rest of the day can be. So there's a little challenge for you all. If you would like to go further onto the kind of conversation of mindfulness or the understanding of mindfulness, I really do recommend Thich Nhat Hanh's books. Um, he's an amazing Buddhist Nobel Peace Prize winner, amazing author, <clears throat> holds meditation retreats at his uh, residence in Plum Village in France. Um, and you can check out all of his work. So his name is Thich Nhat Hanh, T-H-I-C-H space N-H-A-T space H-A-N-H. One of my biggest teachers and inspirations of today with this topic. Uh, so I highly recommend him. Otherwise, for now, I'm going to leave you with my favorite song of the day and have a lovely evening tonight where we can just switch off and relax and take a moment away from our phones and electronics and any distractions and just come into being fully present. <laughs>